Are we recording? Yes. We back, bitches. Yeah, we're back. You're listening to Seven Minutes in Heaven, the sex news podcast. With your hosts, Arielle Kaplan. And Miriam Javitovsky. Boom, baby. Boom, boom, boom. This is the 44th episode. Oh my gosh. And we're who almost... Was, who's the 44th president? Oh, my boyfriend, Barack Obama. All right. It's Monday. It's just a few days after we recorded another episode. We're trying something new this week. Not that it matters to you guys yeah, at all. I mean, yeah, they're getting the inside scoop on our yeah. organization. We're trying to record. <laughs> our org. <laughs> our org. The SMH org. We actually, speaking of the SMH org, we just wrote our handwritten notes to our patrons. They to sure our were handwritten. Um, Clitsuckers get a handwritten note with a sticker um, and then rabbits get a sticker and our first five patrons all got stickers. So um if you haven't given us your address and you're a patron give us your address so we can send you your so we can rob you yeah that too um anyway the letters are really freaking cute yeah we took turns writing them like i would write a sentence and then i would write a sentence and then i would write a sentence and then i would write a sentence (laughs) and then one of us would close it off yeah oh that's really there's the outline but anyway they're all unique so yeah just like our vaginas exactly all of our genitalia yeah um, all right, Miriam, why don't you spill? <laughs> okay, spill in the tea, as they say. This is a really funny, kind of embarrassing story. My favorite kind. Yeah. So I went to Union Pool like a few months ago, and I met this guy who was really cute. I thought he was super cute. And he was really, really drunk, <laughs> or so I thought. And we were talking like for a really long time. And then my friend, I didn't get his number because my friend, like, was kind of tired of talking to who she was talking to so she kind of came over and pulled me away from my guy and i'm then, tired of him yeah um but he told me he works at a movie theater in my neighborhood so i remember that fact um cool it's a good <laughs> it's okay. a good movie theater i like it there anyway okay. um whatever that's it whatever that. <laughs> then i matched him on tinder like a month ago whatever i know and i was like I didn't really realize at first, but then he messaged me and he was like, wait, you look mad familiar. And I was like, we met at Union Pool. And he was like, oh my God. And then I was like, yeah, like I remember you work at this movie theater. Like I really enjoy talking to you. I've been stalking you for months. <laughs> and then he didn't respond. So I was like, okay, whatever. Um, I was kind of upset because I was like excited that we had like reconnect. Like I thought it was a cute story, but whatever. Yeah. And then last night I went to the movie theater that he works at. Mind you, I've been there a few times. Um, and he was there. Wait, is it Williamsburg Cinemas? It's. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to tell. No, I'll bleep it out. I, ha- I have the power to bleep. Yeah, you're amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, also his name was. <laughs> you have to bleep that out too. <laughs> but it's an important. <laughs> it's hilarious. Okay. Right? Okay. Um, <laughs> it's a funny name. Anyway, he works at this movie theater. I'm there waiting for my friend. I see him. He doesn't see me, and I'm like, oh shit. And it's one of those movie theaters where people like wait on you and bring you drinks and stuff. Okay, fancy bitch. Yeah. I haven't so been to this theater. It's really fun. I'll take you. But okay. I get into my seat. I meet up with my friend. I tell her this whole situation. And lo and behold, like comes over to us and starts taking her our order. I'm like avoiding eye contact with him because I literally don't know what to do. And then he like looks at me and he's like, you look mad familiar. Oh. 
And then I was like, yeah, we met at Union Pool. Does he look like a stoner? He was, I think, so I thought he was super fucked up when I talked to him at Union Pool, but he talked the exact same way. So either he was super fucked up at work or he's just kind of like out of, you know, a little like loopy doopy. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he like, he was like, you look mad familiar. And I was like, we met at Union Pool. And then he was like, oh, and then he shook my hand really awkwardly. And then he walked away. Wow. And then basically avoided me like he would come over he to made, our table. He never gave you your food. We, we got a different way. Oh, my God. Wait, that. really? I don't know if it was like a shift change or if he was like, could you please take Oh, this God. Dinner? If I mean, if I were him, right. I would be like, please. It was hilarious. <laughs> Unleash um, me from these awkward shackles. <laughs> <It was> so <laughs> I'm surprised you were nervous because or like like didn't want to make eye contact with him because he'd be like bitch I know you know who I am although he didn't I wasn't looking my best I would say I just like wasn't wearing any makeup or anything like I was wearing like you, you know hiding. I not me. even that like I know I look cute as fuck but without makeup but I just felt super awkward because he ghosted me you know mm-hmm. or whatever it didn't respond to me on tinder so I was like I don't even know what I would say to him like he obviously isn't interested yeah so yeah like, what's is he cute I thought he was cute I was yeah. like into him when I mean, we were yeah, talking I mean I met him IRL and like thought he was super cute and I thought we vibed but you know guys fuck you this reminded me of a Tinder story I wanted to tell. Tell it. I'm like not sure if I'm going to keep this in, but we're going to go for it. <laughs> I told Miriam this story last week and I wasn't sure if I wanted to talk about it on the pod because I thought maybe it would be a little embarrassing. No, you know what? I'm not going to say it. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass anyone. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. I won't reveal the intimate details unless you're a Patreon subscriber. <gasps> whoa oh shit cooking the shit out of all of you yeah uh, yeah get so. on to patreon.com slash smh pod to hear the rest of this story shall we get into it let's get into it I'm sure a lot of you have heard about um, the sex worker, Kaylin Ward, who was kicked off of Instagram for raising money for the Australian bushfires. So we just wanted to talk quickly about her. Um, as of today, January 5th or January 6th, 2020, um, she raised $500,000 for the bushfires by promising a nude to anybody who gave... Um, evidence that they donated to some australian charity i think she said it was like ten dollars yeah 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 i think you're right um so she did this on twitter and then she has like or she had fifty thousand instagram followers and she was doing that for a while and i think it was only over just like two days Mm -hmm. instagram kicks her off and then she tweeted um my instagram doc got my Instagram got deactivated, my family disowned me, and the guy I like won't talk to me all because of that tweet. But fuck it, save the koalas. Yeah. What a bad bitch. Yeah. And she's getting all this media exposure, so like I feel like she'll be fine. And she took like individual pictures for each person. So they got their own picture. And she said if they donated like way more than ten dollars, she even recorded videos for wow. them. Yeah. Girl which was is busy. really badass. And she raised five hundred thousand fucking dollars. Like she could have pocketed that money good for her and i hope she gets her instagram back but honestly queen um they're calling her the naked philanthropist oh my god she's really hot look at her booty hole 
Oh yeah, she's insanely hot. I would definitely pay ten dollars to see Maybe more of that. Oh my god, she's so cute. Yeah, she's beautiful. Okay, I'm gonna stop fangirling over her. <laughs> but yeah, that that's just like another example of how sex work is so stigmatized in society. Like she literally raised five hundred thousand dollars and like hustled and sent naked pictures to so many people. Like you know, she was backlogged, but she went through it and she fucking did it. She put in work, made a shit ton of money for a really good cause. And her boyfriend won't talk to her and her family's being weird. Like, dude. I wonder what Salty's going to write about this. I'm excited. Yeah. I hope they do something. Yeah, I hope so too. This could really be a conversation starter. Not because it has to do with global warming and like everybody's talking about the fires and that someone who is really trying to, who is successfully making money for good to better the world. Like that's got to get people's attention. Also like, like what, what is she doing that's bad? She's being too hot and too kind. <laughs> yeah, I know. Too philanthropic. That's the thing. Like, I would have pocketed that shit. But I guess it wouldn't have gone viral, you know, and it wouldn't have made as much. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should, you know. <laughs> Fuck. I sold a nude today. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I just told you about it, but I'm not giving it away. I'm giving it to myself. Right. All right. Life is news. hard, okay? <laughs> this, this is sex news. Back to you, Miriam. Yeah. So this was a kind of 2019 thing, and now we're like deep into 2020 already. But <laughs> if you guys remember 2019, um, Obama always comes out with a list of his favorite songs, books, TV shows from the year, and he listed Fleabag as one of his favorite shows from He's 2019. So um, but I don't know if you guys remember the very first episode of the very first season. There's a scene where Fleabag's laying in bed next to her boyfriend and she's masturbating to Obama oh, yeah. giving a speech about the Arab Spring. Um, so the internet kind of, or at least my part of the internet kind of exploded because we were like, oh my God, like him and Michelle were like totally watching that. And like, did they fuck after? You that know? is so fucking funny. I know. It's hilarious. I was saying that I think that they were role playing. Yeah. But Obama was the boyfriend and he was getting cucked by himself. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obama Fuck cucking himself. Obama. That's hot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Back to you, Ariel. Okay. You met your ex on Tinder, right? Yeah. Oh, my God. Same. <laughs> well, guess what, bitch? <laughs> Around 39% of straight couples and 65% of homosexual couples meet online. That makes sense. Tinder is the most popular app or whatever the fuck for straight people grinder for gay people or homosexual male people right and there wasn't one listed for lesbians but you recently told me about yeah so there's this app called lex um which is basically it started off as an instagram account called personals where women and non-binary people queer people trans man trans masculine people would submit a personal ad it would just be text-based and like super lo-fi but then they would link their instagram um so that's how a lot of my friends have met their partners but a lot it got like pretty overwhelming so the creator made an app so now that's an app so you basically post a little personal ad and you can connect your instagram there's an app for that exactly this is not a placement ad yeah this is not an ad but you guys should get it even if you like aren't don't want to hook up with anyone it's like fun to read the ads they're very good this data came from a 2017 survey called how couples meet and stay together so this is from 2017 we're now in 2020 baby so i don't know what that means yeah but they claim that from world war the end of world war ii up to 2013 meeting uh people through friends was the most popular popular way and now it's the internet 
Yeah. And I was reading an article, I feel like a few months ago that was saying that we've, and I should validate this, but the number one way to meet now is online dating. It's overtaken through friends. Oh my God. Why in the past few months? I think it's just getting more and more popular and more and more like socially accepted. And there's more apps like Hinge that's so relationship focused, you know? Yeah, true. Okay. Back to you, Miriam. Cool. Okay, so there was a new study published in Evolutionary Behavioral Sciences that found that women who are more sexually fluid have similar like gaze patterns as straight men when looking at female bodies. We want those tits and ass. Yeah, so they had 81 undergrad students uh, look at naked male and female bodies with like an eye tracker. Um, and then they completed these sexual sexuality surveys that would assess like what their sexuality is. And they found that women were first of all, more likely to be sexually fluid than men are, which is kind of something we already knew. Mm -hmm. And then they found that fluid women would look at the titties region for longer than less fluid women. Mm -hmm. Um, And in the article, they called it the chest region, but I changed it to titties with a D. Titties. Titties. Okay, back to you, Arielle. Mm, Okay, well, uh, bad news bears for Tinder. Oh, no. This study suggests that Tinder is not very effective for acquiring new sexual partners, which is kind of cuckoo because Tinder's whole thing is like one night stands. That's like my whole thing. (laughs) Is it? I mean, not anymore, but like I used to really pop off on Tinder. Yeah. And get like a lot of dick. You know who also did? You remind me a lot just in the way you guys use Tinder. Who? Um, Oh, <laughs> you guys have had the most success on tinder that i've heard of unseen amounts yeah, of success I, I mean this this survey shows that you guys are an anomaly um, <laughs> the survey was called hook line and sinker do tinder matches and meetups lead to one night stands published in the journal of evolutionary psychological science so the objective was to see if the rise in stds has anything to do with dating apps, one night stands, risky sex, etc. Right. So they surveyed 269 Norwegian college students who currently or formerly use Tinder. Um, they found that 54 had had one night stands from Tinder. The majority only experienced it one time. So that was 13%. 80% never had sex from Tinder. <laughs> Losers. 3% had Same. one night stands twice. 4% had more than two. And those latter two groups of people who like were able to have more one night stands from Tinder than not were just good at getting laid um, in, in the general. real world. Yeah. So like, you know, they took their talents from the streets to the apps, apps and <laughs> then to the sheets. <laughs> <laughs> um, the survey also sh- showed that it takes 57 matches on average just to get a date. So not even to like bone. That makes sense. But yeah, we were saying like how men just be swiping all right or wait which one is good yeah so that was right. that study we talked about like a few episodes ago where men just like swipe right on everyone and then once they've matched they decide if they're into you yeah whereas women like take time to assess the whole profile before they swipe right yeah so it like leads to a lot of different- so i feel like this um saying how many matches it takes i guess i don't know how they were surveying that but because men do way more and women do way more or way less there should be two different stats because it's right. not like compatible right back to you merge back to me oh wait wait, wait, wait. Oh. sorry 
she took it back yeah i took it back um i forgot my brother actually sent this article to me and he told me about this theory which i couldn't substantiate on the internet but i had limited time um and it it sounds good to me so i'm just gonna say it um so there's this theory a dating theory called exposure and stakes or dealing with that so the ideal coupling starts with high exposure and low stakes like a friend because you hang out with them all the time but it's low stakes like you're taking it slow like whatever you know you're just hanging out yeah the expectation exactly and if you end up flirting like cool and then tinder is low exposure and high stakes you don't see the person really at all until you have your date and once you're at the date it's like there's all this pressure for you guys to be romantically interested and the ideal coupling is like i said the high exposure and low stakes so um everybody should fuck their friends yeah if you can yeah (laughs) all my friends are not into me (laughs) but it's fine I am platonically <laughs> borderline. Everyone says on my birthday party. If we do a little druggies, like who knows what happens. <laughs> <laughs> my my birthday party is this Friday, everybody, and it's Playboy themes, and I'm very excited. Yeah, and it will already have happened once you're hearing this. Yeah, so sucks to be you. My birthday party was on Friday. I guess I should say <laughs> it was so fun. You'll hear about it next week. Okay, back to you, Miriam. Back to me, Miriam. Okay, so this is my last uh, piece of news, but it's my favorite one. Um, so we've talked about SESTA and FOSTA before, but if you need a refresher, SESTA is the Stop Enabling Sex Traffickers Act, and FOSTA is the Fight Online Sex Trafficking Act. So basically, these were acts that were passed by Congress a few years ago um, that were meant to basically make it so that internet companies are responsible for specifically the sexual content that's posted on there. So prior to this companies like Instagram or Twitter, you could post whatever you want and they weren't responsible for it. Now, if I post like, Hey, I'm selling sex right now. Uh, Instagram can is responsible for that and can get in trouble for that. So they have motivation to like remove my account for saying shit like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And it also shut down this really important tool that sex worker used called, back pages which helped them verify their clients and like make sure they were getting with people who um, are vetted and having a community in general and so advocacy groups and sex workers were saying that these bills make them far less safe because they're making uh they're getting rid of this community that they have and this ability to vet clients um, and forcing them back on the streets which is a lot more dangerous so the reason why this is a piece of news that i like is because uh Representative Ro Khanna, who's a representative from California, has proposed a bill called the Safe Sex Workers Act, which would basically have the Department of Health and Human Services organize the first national study on SESTA FOSTA's harmful effects like on this community. They would be required to study the impacts of SESTA and FOSTA on sex workers as it relates to homelessness rates, exploitation, mental health, and whether the law has made it more difficult to negotiate with clients. Uh, This bill is being co-sponsored by Representative Barbara Lee of California in the House, uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts, and Senator Rob Wyden of Oregon in the Senate. It's important to note that Elizabeth Warren did vote in favor of Sesta and Fosta, unlike the others. Yeah, know that bitch. She was saying, you know, it's important to have data, which is true. Like, even if you were super into this bill and maybe you didn't know what you were talking about, and maybe you still don't like you should still kind of value data you know i like that shows that she's she can make mistakes and learn and grow yeah it just sucks that that kind of mistake really set people back and yeah people over and probably made it easier to sex traffic 
and like did the opposite of what they intended mm-hmm. but it is what it is where you know you got to keep pushing your representatives to make the right decisions and you do that by staying informed commercial break <laughs> we have really exciting news yes we're doing a live event Woo! in honor of our one-year anniversary Aww. which is on valentine's day oh my god but the event is not on valentine's day nah it's on sunday february 9th because you know we want to make sure everybody can come uh, with us c-u-m it's at our wicked lady in Bushwick. In Bushwick. Brooklyn. Uh, it's really close to the L. So just a jump, hop, skipping away. A <laughs> and skip, you can hang out with us. Um, our patrons will get 24-hour window to purchase tickets before they're available to the public. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. you're going to want to get your ticket as soon as possible because our event sold out last time. Yeah, we didn't even talk about it. You didn't even know it happened. Yeah. Because we couldn't sell you tickets. Right. Um, but yeah, tickets are going to be 15 bucks. Yeah. And it's going to be a fun night. Yeah, I think so. I think so, too. You can meet and greet us after. Yeah, that, that was so fun last time. No, it really people. was. We lo- Yeah, we love you guys. So let us know if you're coming. If you're not coming, fuck off, actually. <laughs> well, some people can't physically make it and we respect that. Okay. <laughs> I do, at least. <laughs> Miriam respects it for the two of us. <laughs> we can't wait to see you there. We can't wait to see you there. We can't, we can't wait, wait to, to see you, you there. there. I found this article that had 21 things scientists discovered about sex in 2019. And a lot of them we've actually covered before, which I thought was cool because we're so fucking on it. Yeah, we are. So I'm going to go through them super quickly. And basically, this is a, a best of the best of 2019. All right. Number one, women are struggling to talk about what they want in bed. One in five women don't feel comfortable talking about sex. And one in 10 never feel like their partner values her sexual pleasure yikes number two saying the word clit out loud is linked to better sex for women click 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 clitoris because talking about sex helps you talk to your partner about the type of stimulation you want so like if you're not comfortable saying clit like how are you gonna feel comfortable doing anything how are you gonna feel comfortable being like touch my clit yeah you can't even say not Clit. All. clitoris <laughs> clit, get, clit, gonna clit. get clit tattooed to my tongue yeah number three not all orgasms are good a little over half of people have had orgasms they didn't they that they didn't really want yeah and uh we have that in our bad orgasms episode yeah couples are having less sex there's a lot of data here Last time we went over this, it was a little mumbo jumbo. So couples are having less sex. However, millennials don't think we're in a sex re- sex recession. Cosmo did a study with over a thousand people that showed that 71% of us millennials are satisfied with our sex lives. Are you satisfied? No. <laughs> I'm not super satisfied either. I'm actually dissatisfied. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back there it ebbs, ebbs and flows ebbs and flows for sure commitment and better sex are linked good sex one week led to feeling more committed the next week and feeling committed one week led to better sex next week so it's a really positive nice cycle. cycle people who love casual sex are more committed to their relationships when those relationships are consensually non-monogamous so true if you think people who are in open relationships are just trying to be unfaithful, well, actually, they're super faithful. Childhood trauma is associated with less sexual satisfaction in adulthood, which totally makes Later. sense. I've got a lot of trauma because 
childhood trauma is associated with daily psychological distress and that can fuck up your sex life if you're a dude it can help you make it harder for you to get hard if you're uh if you don't have a penis any of the other sort of genitalia it just might be harder to orgasm in general and i think uh, that's definitely in my case more than half of seniors are unhappy with their sex lives and i blame that on their bad sex ed the three factors that reliably turn women on are intimacy independence and jake gyllenhaal (laughs) the last one is object of desire affirmation being told that you're hot which is so important you always tell me how hot I am. You do too for me. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You uh, sexy motherfucker. Uh, one in four women experience pain during sex. I, I, I experienced pain. It happens. Because um, his penis was too big. Wait, this is so funny. Okay. The person who I'm hooking up with right now, I thought I put a little note in here about him in my notes to remember to tell a story. And he was here the other day and he was like, oh, can I look at your notes? And I was like, yeah, sure, totally. And then I bugged out and was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, no, you can't because he doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> and then I felt really bad because I know that he will respect me when I say don't listen to it. Right. And now he's like, fuck, am I on it? Like, what the absolute fuck? So I, don't, I can't even find it. Uh, probably could have been fine um all right men aren't more visual than women both of our brains react the same way when looking at porn vaginal dryness and atrophy begin in perimenopause which is right before menopause around your 40s better sex ed improves lgbtqia kids mental health open-minded people are more likely to cheat they're adventurous miriam is so adventurous (laughs) i'm so (laughs) open-minded there are some psychological components as to why people struggle with their sex drives learning about the orgasm gap for women is linked to having more orgasms y'all this was a cool study imo uh because it dealt with kids who or students who took a sexuality class in college um that taught them about the orgasm gap and i guess they were surveyed before during and after um about their sexual satisfaction and they had more o's parents have better sex when they like each other this one was funny because in the um explanation it was like we know this is obvious but a lot of people stay married and and they don't like each other and so they're not having good sex but like also yeah that is still very very obvious yeah postcoital dysphoria affects men too 41 percent of men experience it postcoital dysphoria is when you have like the opposite feeling of an orgasm so you you feel euphoric and then post euphoria um you feel like really sad and depleted yeah. and like depressed. I've never experienced that, but I did a little thing on about it on orgasmic and that's how people describe yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Have you experienced it? No. No. Okay. No. How you feel about your genitalia affects your sex life. People who are confident about their vagine, spleen, tits, <laughs> butthole. ass, butthole, balls, everything <laughs> in between are less stressed out about performance and they get turned on more easily. They get wetter and they orgasm better. I realized that part of why it's so hard for me to orgasm is because I had lopsided tits for the majority of my life and I was so I just felt like a gross like alien. I felt like Mm -hmm. I had to like explain my boobs to people before I showed them them but I never did but I was just like (laughs) when they didn't say anything I'd be like like we made it through. (laughs) Did people say stuff? Uh no no. Right. 
it would no. be a weird thing to the say. The toy man, he he loved my tits. He wrote he he probably didn't actually do this, but like he sent me a song that he made and he was like, it's about your boobs. <laughs> but he was like, they're perfect. And I'm like, no, they're not. Literally look at them. And he was like, yeah, they're absolutely perfect. Aww. Well, <laughs> thank you, Toy Man, if you're listening. Lastly, sexual desire is buildable. Being on being turned on today makes you more turned on tomorrow and you can start small so if your libidos why are you turned on right now just gonna keep getting more and more turned on (laughs) until (laughs) i can't take it anymore (laughs) um if you feel like your libido has been getting low you can like do small sexy things which will increase it yeah like a bath a massage um Mm. intermittent touching Ooh, that's it that's it all right What are we talking about today, Ariel? Wet dreams. <laughs> that was amazing. Do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. Wet dreams. Yeah. Have, Have you? you had a wet dream? No. no. I've had dreams where I was having sex, but it wasn't, they're never about the sex because the only types of dreams I really have are anxiety dreams. So either I will like, one time I had a dream that I saw these two kids from my high school having sex that I'm not friends with and don't interact with. And it was super weird because I'd like seen him, them naked and stuff in my dream. <laughs> and I saw them at school the next day and I was like, mm. but other than that, most of my sex dreams have been like, I've had sex with like, I had one of my sex dreams. I had sex with my friend's boyfriend and I felt so guilty the next morning. I was like, I have to tell you, like I had sex with your boyfriend. What did she say? What'd she say? She's like, LOL. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny that you confessed it yeah i, mean, I felt so I guilty. Felt guilty and then Jesus. um the other one was like a co-worker that i felt really competitive with who i thought was actually kind of attractive i had sex with him in a dream but did, he had as a girlfriend did too. it make you think like oh my god do i have a crush on that yeah i was like am i into this person right i don't think yeah, i don't know I don't think so why is my brain telling me yeah. i am i mean i think i like liked both of those people like their personalities and thought they were like nice people you know Okay, I want to... Forbidden fruit. No, forbidden fruit is so delicious. But you you haven't... You have had sex dreams, but you don't have... I've had orgasms. one sex dream that I will not discuss. <laughs> and <laughs> on a different sex dream I've had, I think I think the first one like was with Big Bird. I don't know if I just implanted that memory or whatever, but I'm going with it. But like, I, I feel like after the dream, I was like, that was really weird. <laughs> And I'm going to talk about my podcast in 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Big bird. But never a night orgasm. No, I haven't no. either. Yeah, no, I've never done that. But I did just want to quickly, I, I I gathered a couple of interpretations for certain sex dreams and some of them that you had experienced. So not this one, but sex with strangers could be your that your libido is telling you that you're horny and need a fuck. Dreaming of an ex when you're with a new partner. Apparently, sex with a new partner can trigger old neurological patterns, so like the sex that you're having with your ex. Right. Um, but as you create new experience and memories, your brain will create new circuits. But if you don't stop dreaming of your ex and like you've got shit you have to work through, <laughs> dreaming about dominating someone or being dominated could be related to control issues in your life, whether it's in work or relationships. Impotence. If you can't uh, stay hard, then you might be feeling weak or powerless in another area of your life. In your dream, you can't stay hard. 
yeah in your dreams and it doesn't mean that you actually can't stay hard in real life but yeah that's like that's a crazy anxiety dream sex in public could be that you're feeling vulnerable self-conscious and exposed in front of others but anyway these are like these are loose interpretations and they're just from like random psychologists so take it with a grain of salt yeah but if you're fucking someone you shouldn't be don't freak out because i did read that that just it's like a healthy way of you exploring that fantasy in your head and not like actually acting it out right irl i have two studies uh so the first was by your boy alfred kinsey who basically did a study like over 60 years ago um to see if women have nocturnal orgasms so they're like actually sleeping when what they're a perv. i mean <laughs> orgasming when they're sleeping i know he's such a perv anyway he really is though yeah i mean so are we <laughs> so no he's like a we can talk about it later <laughs> no I, I know yeah he was in like a bunch of poly like things but whatever what's wrong with being a perv no no he like did shit with little boys oh yeah like child porn and it's all locked up in a vault at oh. the kinsey institute and no one has seen it shit yeah Yikes. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I don't care if he's Polly. <laughs> he had a sample of over 5,600 women in the U.S. And he, his study found that by age 45, 37% of the women surveyed had reported having previously had an orgasm during their sleep at an average of three to four times per year. And older women were more likely to report it. So there was a more recent study done in 1986 that surveyed 245 female undergrads. So this is going to be a smaller age group. And they found again, that 37% of those women had orgasmed in their sleep. 32% of them who reported it had had it first at age 16 or younger, 58% of them by age 18, and 88% of them by age 21. How do you know if you've orgasmed in your sleep, though? Do you wake up from it? The study was talking about there's a really good chance that people do not know that they had an orgasm in their sleep. Some people might orgasm and not wake up, and just they don't know. Because like when men or people with penises um, have a nocturnal emission, you can tell. But like with a vulva, you can't really always tell. Like it might wake you up. It might be wet. You might remember it, but you might not. So maybe we've all orgasmed in our sleep yeah, and not remembered it. Totally. Um, they found that previous sexual history did not affect your ability to have a nocturnal orgasm. That's cool. So there's no relationship between the frequency of sex dreams and nocturnal orgasm. But here are the factors that predict a more like like greater likelihood of a nocturnal orgasm. Mm-hmm. High levels of sexual satisfaction. Check. Having more liberal attitudes towards sex. Check. Having more positive attitudes towards nocturnal orgasm. Check, 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 check. check. It was a negative one. So why am I not having night orgasms? That's what I'm trying to say. Let's hook you up to like a thing. (laughs) Yeah, I know. So anyway. (laughs) MRI. (laughs) In conclusion, female nocturnal orgasms are pretty common. And women, as I said, can orgasm, but there's no evidence. So they don't necessarily know if they had a nocturnal orgasm. So it might be even 100%. This could all be bullshit. Yeah, it could all be bullshit. <laughs> yeah, sure. I've totally had a wet dream <laughs> for clout. <laughs> yeah. Oh, should I tell you my, my story? Or? Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So a friend of mine, I have her permission to talk about this, texted me and she was just like, um, let me actually read that text because it's really worth I'll it. allow it. She texts me and she's like, apparently last night, about 45 minutes after I fell asleep, I reached down to take my pajamas off and started humping my girlfriend's leg. Wow. (laughs) She was completely asleep and she just started humping her girlfriend's leg. And I've actually heard about this, like people having sex in their sleep. Yeah. We might want to do an episode about that too. Like you literally have sleep sex. Like um, on Dan Savage, sometimes people call in and be like, my boyfriend like woke up in the middle of the night and then he initiated sex. So I had sex with him. And then the next morning we woke up and he like literally didn't remember that happening. That's so crazy. Yeah. And I was like, did you wake up? 
I asked my friend if she woke up while she was humping her girlfriend's leg and she said, no, not at all. I just woke up this morning and was like, where are my pants? And my girlfriend was laughing at me and goes, oh, I got to talk to you about that. <laughs> so did the, did the girlfriend know she was asleep? Yeah. And she was just laughing. That's so funny. <laughs> That's hilarious. I know. Isn't that crazy that like our bodies do that? Apparently, I was doing a little bit of reading on it, but apparently it happens not when you're in REM. It's like when you're in a deep sleep um, and it's not REM. Oh, That's all I know. A- deep sleep so deep (laughs) anyway i wanted to share that if you guys have had any experiences like that where you've like had sex while you were asleep or tried to please let me know because i want to hear more right in bitch right in bitch gsmhpod at gmail.com or instagram dm me i'm gonna talk about the physiological correlates of imagery induced orgasm in women which uh (laughs) is a study scholar scholarly article (laughs) (laughs) who says we don't know what we're talking about (laughs) scholarly not scholarary this is this is from 1992 why are all these studies about wet Wet dreams dreams. so old it was led by barry commissaruk 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 Comaseric. Comaseric. I'm dr Comaseric. dr this study is trying to figure out like how women can think themselves to orgasm omg i will tell an interesting story when i'm done breaking this one down this study down all right so they had 10 women who claimed that they could think themselves to orgasm participate in this study that measured the brain activity during genital and non-genital simulation so they had to orgasm both physically and mentally the results there was a there was one major neurological difference which was in the prefrontal cortex and that's responsible for cognitive behavior and thinking right and so when they when the women orgasmed mentally that part was lighting up way more than in than when they were physically touching themselves interesting then there's the sensory cortex which is a part of the brain that has a map like representation of the body. So like when you press, if when you touch your nose or like your face, then the sensory part in the map lights up. So when women were thinking themselves to orgasm, the prefrontal cortex was much like there was way more brain activity. And then also in the sensory cortex, the clit region was lighting up. So the brain thought that they were touching themselves. Interesting. So weird. Like it's like a ghost hand. Some women can't orgasm in real life, but they can in their sleep. Madeline Castellanos, a sex therapist says, think about it. When you have a sex dream, the brain is creating an environment to get to the full level of arousal and you don't have to be anxious or distracted. It's all based on eroticism. So sometimes it might be easier to reach orgasm in your dream than in real life. You just like free yourself of all those shackles of insecurity um she also says that the role of the mind in sexual desire and fulfillment is important to understand because if our minds aren't in that process we might be missing out this is really for vagina people i have thought myself to orgasm one time oh my god it was really weird i was in high school um i had a party and i had a movie theater in my house so i was sitting on one of these like very plush like leather chairs not plush but whatever the fuck and i'm laying across my guy friend our other friend has those like edm 
glove things on with the lights. Yeah. So he's doing all that in this dark room. And it was at like the end of the party. Everybody else had left. It was basically just us. We're like drunk. And I closed my eyes and I literally orgasm. I'm like shaking. And then I opened my eyes and I was like, you guys, I think I just orgasmed. And they were like, no, you didn't. No, you didn't. And then I was like, you're right. I, I, no, I didn't. I take it. I take it back. And they were like, oh, my God, you totally did. You totally just fucking orgasm. That's why you were like shaking. I was so embarrassed. This was like a very top secret that I did not want anybody to know. And now I'm telling oh, thousands of people. That's like really cool, though. It was pretty cool. Yeah. And like sucks that I was so ashamed of it. Um, but it's never really happened again. I've had two orgasms where like my genitals weren't being stimulated yeah the first was when i was on molly my sophomore year of college i was at a concert uh and it was 50 cent performing to just a little bit which is like such a sexy song and i was dancing and i think maybe that stimulated my clit a little bit and i came and i I was just with my friend we were like but why why isn't that a thinking i think it is yeah because i was like really turned on but i do think my like i was dancing so it was kind of physical okay but yeah it was really crazy i like turned to my friend i was like I just came. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I count it. <laughs> and she's like, what? <laughs> um, and the other was, I've talked about this on the podcast, but this one guy I used to hook up with uh, gave me a neck orgasm. Um, and we had just had so sex jelly. a few times and we were spooning and then he was like kissing my neck and then it turned into like sucking and it was like biting and then I came. And then he bit you and I are vampire. Exactly. <laughs> um, and I have come a few times from getting spanked. But. That's so interesting. Yeah. And you've never had a nipple gasm? Mm-mm. I feel like you could. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Actually, I feel like I've come close. Now that I'm thinking about it, I've come close. I think people, I don't know. It takes like, it's kind of harder to get around the nipples, I feel like, than other places. Because there's two. Yeah. So Double just trouble. just attention to one. You know that meme that's like your other titty looking out the window? Oh. <laughs> that's how it feels sometimes. My boobs haven't been played with the way that I like in a while. Right. It's hard. No, I, it's not hard. Oh. I mean, my nipple's hard right now. Because <laughs> you're grabbing I mean, you it. Have to, you have to press into my boobs and like move them like that. Yeah, not you, like not just the nipple, but yeah. like the whole... T- we should do a titty sucking 101. Okay. Oh my God. Yeah, we can like use like oranges or something. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Or um, also a we could put um, a baby bottle, the, the nipple oh, part yeah, yeah, yeah. on the orange. That's hilarious That's really funny. and cute and like yeah. an art project. Um, we're not answering questions. Yeah, no, we we're don't want to answer your questions this week. Anyway, um, you can pay for that. Follow us on Instagram at smhpod. You can email us at the smhpod at gmail.com. If you want to get a hot, fresh, sexy new sex toy, use our code seven on adameve.com and you'll get 15 to 50% off your order and free shipping and, and all other this stuff. free shit. Um, and you should sign up to be a patron on patreon.com slash smhpod and last thing if you want to buy one of our stickers um we're selling them through instagram but like if you don't have instagram you can just email us okay love you love you guys